Welcome to today's message from Reach Community Church. We hope this message encourages and blesses you as we dive into God's Word. And now, for today's message. So, in we've just finished week one of 21 days of prayer and fasting, so I'm going to ask you, and sometimes I ask questions with no intention of you responding, so you don't have to respond to me, uh, but how'd it go? Ha- thanks, thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, and you may be like, maybe you weren't here last week and were like, what the heck are you talking about? So um, we do an annual 21 days of prayer and fasting every January. Most people uh, in January are thinking, hey, I should do something different. Last year uh, wasn't all that I wanted to be, and I'm going to do something different in January. And so our minds are already in that direction. So I think what better things that you can do, better than getting a better fitness plan, which I think is important, an eating plan, and all these other things that we think about, is getting your spiritual life in order. But the big question is... Um, what do we do with that? And so I just want to encourage you for those that did attempt some things. And, and we talked about um, prayer and fasting. One, having a list of things that you're praying for for these 21 days. Um, one, fasting. And uh, there are some fasting fact sheets on the table on your way out. Um, the big thing for us and reach, you may be like, I'm, I cannot go without food for 21 days. We're not asking you to do that. Unless the Lord calls you to that. Uh, but we are asking you to take a few things out of your life that you can easily let go. Uh, maybe a meal a day, uh, maybe social media, maybe Netflix, maybe YouTube, maybe things that are just distracting you. Set those aside for 21 days and make some room for Jesus. Um, and I would encourage you, if you feel a little discouraged, maybe you made some commitments last week. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And and two or three days into it, um, there was a failure. Like, ugh, you ate something you weren't supposed to eat. You watched something you weren't supposed to watch. And I just want to encourage you. So what? You can go, okay, well, I'm just out. I'm not going to do anything. And I'm going to miss an opportunity to connect with God. Um, so what? You know, start over today. You can start over every week. I'm going to say the same thing next week, uh, that you've got one more week left of our 21 days in prayer and fasting. But right now you have two weeks left. And uh, if the first week didn't go well, um, you know, saints are just sinners who get back up. You know, have some grace and mercy um, that God the Father is interested in you connecting with him regardless of what yesterday looked like. So I just encourage you, um, there's nothing E, nothing worth having is easy. And that's every aspect of your life. There's nothing in your life that you're like, I want this, and it just comes naturally. Um, I, <laughs> um, you know, never had washboard abs, but, you know, like, I hear it takes a lot of work. Um, but today I want to pick up on the idea of following God. That's what we talked about last week is, one, it's, it's his idea, this whole system of disciple and Christian. Christian was not even a word used until later on after Jesus had been resurrected. And it was really kind of a, a slight to those that were Christian. It was like the little, little Christ. Um, it wasn't something they named themselves. They were disciples first. When he gave us a mandate, he didn't give us a mandate to go out and make Christians. He said, go out and make disciples. Uh, the key thing to a disciple is a disciple follows a master. And the question that we're going to try to tackle today is that if you are going to assess how you're following Jesus is going, how do you do that? 
How do you know that you're doing a good job? You just look at your fruit. We will be recognized by the fruit. And we're, we're, I'm going to talk about that. That's my whole message today. Is that if you grow close to God, there should be fruit of that closeness. And we see this in every aspect of our lives. You start hanging out with people that do things that you didn't do before. You start talking about it. You start saying things like they say. You start acting like them just naturally. You start hanging out with a group of people that um, do things that you didn't do before. Like when I started going to F3, which is a fitness group. I know you've heard about it before. Um, like to talk about it. But they use lots of words that no one else knows about. Lots of words. They get up early in the morning and they do things that I wouldn't do before. But the more I hung out with them, the more I started doing the things that they did. And and that's what discipleship is. Is that we get close enough to God that we hopefully start gleaning for him and start acting like the master acts. That's what he did. He spent three years with his disciples, letting them see his life. And on their terms, trying to be like the master. And in we, in the beauty of the Gospels is we see the 12 disciples fail over and over again. And we see the mercy of God continue to call them back into this idea of following him. So my one thing today that I want you to hear and hopefully be convicted of, not condemned... There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, Romans 8, 1. Hopefully be convicted to say, if, if I call myself a follower of Jesus, then I should begin to see fruit in my life. Let's pray. Dearly Father, it is by your grace and your mercy alone that we have the capacity to bear fruit. We don't produce the fruit, but being connected to the vine give us access to produce what only you can produce in us. And so, Lord, as we read your word, as we get encouraged to emulate you and how we live and how we act, Lord, I pray that a conviction would rise up in us. Then more than we want to look like anybody else, we want to look like you. Lord, we, we want to be... On your team, we want to see your kingdom come and your will be done. And that starts with us. And so today, Lord, help us be willing to want the fruit. And help us be willing to do whatever you ask so that we can produce it. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So we talked about this last week, this idea of a rabbi. And when a rabbi picked... His disciples, the intention is that they would follow him around, they would listen to him teach, and they would do all the things that he did. So at the end of their time being the student, they would be like the master. That was the intention. They would say the same phrases, they would do the same things, they would act the same way. And and this is what Jesus was after. He's after disciples that would follow him and be like him. Listen to this in John 15. 16, the first part of it says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and your fruit should abide. You know, 
fruitfulness isn't just something that we should do. And, you know, some church tenant that they thought in the early church, we should tell people they should bear fruit. God's intention for us when he chose us out of the world to be a part of his family, he decided that our goal and our life should produce fruit. And not just fruit that came and went, but fruit that abided. John 15, uh, verse 1 through 5. It says, I am the vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. Who loves pruning? No one. But God still does it, doesn't he? And I, I, just on a side note, just on a side note. This is for free, not even in my notes. If you're being pruned, which means things are happening in your life that are, you're not willingly removing them, but things are happening so that you have to be pushed to move them. Thank God that he loves you enough to prune the things of your life that you'd be fruitful. And sometimes when we willingly won't do that, God will, he'll do it for us. And let me just tell you, when you willfully do it on your own, it's a lot easier. That's for free. So when you're getting pruned, just think, just say to yourself, thank the Lord. Um, and then for your friends, tell them, thank the Lord. And somebody will tell me when I'm being pruned and I don't like it, thank the Lord. But he prunes so that we will bear more fruit. Verse 3, it says, Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit by itself. Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you. Unless you abide in me, I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Here's the thing that you you may hear, and I think any times we talk about doing something for God, we, we, we automatically say, okay, what do I need to do? How do I need to act? How am I going to make this happen? And there's a component of that, but the, the majority of it is his work. Because you, you know what, and we're going to see this in a second, um, a non-apple tree cannot produce apples, Right? It just doesn't happen. You can plant whatever other non-apple tree you want in your yard. It will never produce an apple. Right? God has to make us the apple tree. He says he makes us a new creation. He provides us with the ability to bear the fruit that he desires. See, we don't bear fruit by our effort and energy, but rather we bear fruit when we abide, when we connect. And that's partly what this 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I know, I know, the easiest thing to do is everything else. I mean, some of us have have crested that point of like prayer comes easy and being in the word comes easy and being nice to everyone comes easy and evangelism comes easy but everyone else it's work and there's seasons of our life where those things are easy and there's seasons of our life that it's not 
But it's not our effort. We have to connect to the Father. If we don't abide in Him, we, we won't bear fruit. See, part of you will hear me go, yes, I need to do these things. And we're going to talk about a list that Galatians gives us of things that we would see in our life, which I'm telling you what, if you aren't familiar with the list, it's brutal. We're not even talking about the bad stuff that comes before this verse. We're just going to talk about the good things, the fruit that God wants us to produce. It wasn't optional. It wasn't like, hey, like I'll pick one or I'll do this. This is, this is the design and desire for us. But it won't happen without our abiding in him because our nature doesn't want what God wants. Our sin nature that we were born in, that we've lived the majority of our life in, wants things contrary to God. And the bad part of it is, is we will tell ourselves over and over again that, I know this time it's, I'm right. This time, you know, like, I'm sure I'm doing the wise thing. But it isn't. It's why connection has to be kept. It's why community matters. We are our worst enemy. We will lie to ourselves over and over again. I'm doing great. I'm doing good. I think good is the ugliest word you could ever say to somebody when they say, how are you doing? I mean, sometimes it's true, but for the most part, it's like, hey, I'm, I'm good. When, when you may not be doing good at all, you may not be doing any of the things that we're going to talk about today, but we'll look at each other and go like, brother, I'm doing good. I'm good. I'm good. Here's kind of a convicting one out of Matthew 7. Uh, if you're reading your one of your Bibles, I think this was last week. Verse 15 through 20. Uh, and it's not, it, it starts off in a different realm, but we'll get to where we're going. He says, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. I mean, we've seen it just in the last few years. Just because you hold the title or position of lead pastor doesn't mean that you are bearing real fruit and good fruit. And we've seen the dangers of popularity. We've seen the dangers of Me not connecting or them not connecting to the Father. So he's telling his disciples, and this is Jesus telling them, he says, verse 16, he says, You will recognize them by their fruit. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into fire. Verse 20. Thus you will recognize them by their fruit. I'm going to give you a, the question, my first question in the application here in just a minute. I'm going to go ahead and give it to you so you can be thinking about it. Especially after verse 20. What does your fruit say about you? Just, just, just keep that in there as we keep going. What fruit are you producing? What does it look like? Because the problem with Christianity, as most people see it today, as long as the majority of what people see of us seems good, everything's good. 
Some of us are hiding in plain sight. You know, we're, we're pretending as hard as we can here on Sunday morning. <laughs> I was a youth pastor for nine years. If I ever make eye contact with you, it's not, a, you know, especially after statements like that. And he's like, look right at me. Who told him? Who called, What email did you send to Pat? No, no, that is just the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Nothing else. And the problem is the church can keep this cycle that we're more concerned about how you look on Sunday morning and what you give everyone else as the view of you than who you really are. And one of the things that we're very interested in here at Reach and not things that are not the thing that we're always successful at is but we want to be as authentic and real as we can be. It's part of the reason why I throw myself under the bus a lot, because I don't want you to be under the impression that I have got everything figured out. Because then you'll be like, if I could just be like Heath, everything would be all right. No. Have a higher standard. Look to Jesus. But we can never really bear fruit if we won't acknowledge where we're actually at. Because the thistle can sit there and go, yeah, 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 fruit's coming, fruit's coming, it's coming. Just wait, just wait. I love this one afterwards in um, Matthew 7, we're going to continue in 21. Uh, and it doesn't necessarily talk about fruit, but I, I want to I hammer out this idea that just because you do religious things or Christian things, it doesn't mean... Um, that you're producing fruit. The fruit that we're talking about isn't, it could be you volunteering and serving a church and doing Christian things, but that is not necessarily it. Because you could do all the things that the church does, and we see this in the days of Jesus with the Pharisees. They did all the things that the church required of them. They, they tithed and they prayed and they did all the things. They memorized all the stuff and they missed. God called them, or Jesus called them whitewashed tombs. You brood of vipers. They did all the things. And I just want to make sure that you understand that doing the things of God doesn't mean that you're producing fruit. It just means that you're doing things. For God. God's after your heart, and out of the heart, He'll see the work come out of us. Verse 21 says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of the Father, who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, Did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? And then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. They cast out demons and did mighty works in his name. And um, Judas... One of the twelve um, went on a missionary journey with a partner. We sent him out two by two. He was one of them. And they went out and did miraculous things, healed people, set people free of demons. And he still missed. 
what God was doing. See, doing the things of God doesn't always mean that you're bearing fruit. I don't say that to discourage you. I don't say that so that you won't volunteer here. I just want you to understand that those things don't make you what God wants you to be. They help. Like when you, when you serve and volunteer, it can be an outlet for God to use the gifts that he's put inside you. But just because you do things doesn't mean that you've arrived. And let me just tell you, like... My upbringing in my life prior to meeting Jesus as my Lord and Savior at age 18 was filled with church affiliation, was filled with church attendance, was filled with church activity. And before then, I would have looked around and say, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to check that box, Christian, on every form that I filled out. And if, if I had a, a conversation with someone, I would say, yes, I'm saved. I believe in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. He died on the cross to pay the penalty for my sin. But there was no part of me that was sold to him other than it was what I grew up in. And I've talked about it a lot, and I'll probably say it again here in a couple of weeks when we do baptisms. I got I got sprinkled. I was Presbyterian uh, at that point. Well, actually, my parents were divorced and lived separately, and I was a Presbyterian one Sunday and First Baptist the other Sunday. So, like, if you're ever wondering what's wrong with me, there you go. And so I got sprinkled when I was 16 because I thought, you know, what are you going to do? You, I don't want to go to hell. Anybody intentionally want to go to hell in here? No. If you do, let's talk. Because that's scary. Uh, you've, you've seen the wrong picture of hell. Uh, it is not the party you think it is. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I thought, man, if I'm going to make it in, i got to do the things that you're supposed to do. And one of those was getting baptized. So I did the thing that I thought I was supposed to do so that if I were to die, I could be like, hey, you got to let me in. Here's my baptism certificate. See, doing the things of God doesn't mean that they are fruit. They can be. But I don't want you just sitting in this room and be like, well, I've been in church my whole life. And I've served and I've, I've laid lots of pretty heavy envelopes in that beautiful toolbox back there that we call a, you know, I don't know, what do you, what do you call this, a tithing box or whatever. So you could think, hey, I'm doing good because you're doing things that you see other Christians do and you're doing things that you hear the church asking for. But I just want to tell you that the only thing that God is asking of you is that you would bear fruit. God has designed you, made you with a purpose. And until you take your last breath, God is still getting out of you the purpose that he's placed in you. And so we should be looking at our life going, hey, God, what what do you want from me? Psalms 1, verses 1 through 3, says, blessed is, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinner, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates night and day, abiding. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither and all he does prospers. Look at the picture. That's abiding. The tree was planted beside the stream. Some translations said the stream of living water. 
that's how its leaves did not wither, and that's how we stay fruitful. It is not figuring out the secret of what I should do and how many Bible verses I should read a day or what reading plan I should do or how many prayers I should say. It means I need to connect to the Father. Because in my connection to my Father, I will learn to know Him, I will learn to hear Him, and I'll learn to obey. And out of my obedience to Him, my world will change. You've heard this a lot. I'm going to talk about this at the end also, but I just want to say this here. Some of you in this room are fruitful, right? But you're in a season of not producing fruit. Hear me? Um, There's no, and I could be wrong on this. I did Google this. Any arborist in the room, just tell me later I was wrong. Not right now. Um, There's no fruit tree that I can find that bears fruit all the time. There are seasons, although they may be short, some bear fruit year-round, but there's seasons of the fruit growing and the fruit falling off and it not growing and building up to grow more fruit, right? So I want to encourage those people in the room that are just in a season that God is preparing you for another harvest of fruit. But we need to look historically and go, how long has this season been? Where where am I at? Do I need to do something different? Galatians 5, verse 22 through 24. This is the fruit of the Spirit and... Um, The beauty that the disciples, when they got sent out uh, two by two, God gave them authority to do the thing that he gives us the capacity to live with. Because we we get access to the Holy Spirit. They they didn't have that. Jesus told them, it is to your benefit that I go away so that the helper would come. When Pentecost came, the Holy Spirit, part of God, came to live inside of us. And in that part, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of us so that we can live the life that he has called us to and abiding with that understanding, that living eternal life that God gives his believers. When we live there, we bear fruit in verse 22. It says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Please don't raise your hand to the question I'm getting ready to ask, regardless of how funny it may feel to you. Anybody in here perfected that? Like reading that list, you're like, 100%, 100%. No! The question, and, and really my whole question for you today, is do you want to bear fruit? Do you want this? Because this is the fruit of the Spirit. This isn't like one of the, this is not a spiritual gift that you get one of, okay? Because they're spiritual gifts and God gives each to what he desires. Some people get this, some people get that. Those spiritual gifts. This is the fruit of the Spirit. This is as we connect to the Father. This is what our life should look like as we live it. Filled with love. Filled with joy. Filled with peace. Filled with patience. 
Lord, filled with kindness, even when other people don't deserve it. Filled with goodness, filled with faithfulness, filled with gentleness, and mm, I love this one on the end, and filled with self-control. Really, self-control is what gives us the power to do all those other things. Because we can't have, we can't be patient without self-control. Because if we don't have self-control, we ain't never going to be patient. But if we have self-control, we can take that moment of going, mm, I don't like that I'm in this situation, but thank you, Lord, for his grace and mercy. Okay, I'm going to be patient. So the question for you today, back to the one that I gave you a few minutes ago, is what does your fruit say about you? Hopefully, Conviction is what happens today. We, none of us have met the mark of what God's called us to be. We're all on this journey together. And as long as you're pulling breath in and your heart is still beating and you're still living on this side of eternity, you will have to fight every moment. What did he say at the end? But those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified, not pleasurable, I don't know if you remember, I think we, we, the cross and crucifixion, crucifixion, um, still not sure if that's said right. Um, we, 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 it's become this thing that we carry around our neck, a little cross, but it, it is a horrible way to die. Pulling every last ounce of strength you can so you can take a breath in before you ultimately suffocate. But if we belong to Christ, we've crucified the flesh and its passions and desires. And that's what it's going to take. If you want to be fruitful, if you want to abide, your life will be at war. You may think, I just don't want to fight. I don't know if I want to war and... The, the problem is, is whether, whether you choose to fight or not, the war is still happening. Whether you just say, I'm not, I'm not going to get involved, you know, we're, we're not Switzerland. We can be just like, oh no. If you're a child of God, he's called us to this place so that we can take over our world. Let me, let me say, can you imagine what your marriage would be like with the fruit? Produced by the Holy Spirit with you living in it? Can you imagine? Don't imagine too hard to where you elbow the person next to you and be like, yeah, I could imagine. <laughs> could you imagine what your home would look like, your relationship with your kids? Could you imagine when the fruit of the Spirit, patience and kindness and gentleness is in you so that when your kids lose their ever-living mind, you respond like Jesus. And Jesus wasn't like, oh, no, go do whatever you want. No, it's okay. No, Jesus dealt with issues, but he did them gently. He did them with patience. It was peace. And let me just tell you, as a father of three, only one of them's in the room right now, 20-year-old, 19-year-old, and a 13-year-old, I have rarely, when the poop gets thrown against that spinning thing, um, I've rarely handled it, like patience 
and gentleness and kindness aren't markers that they would go, yes, I see the Holy Spirit is on the Father. (laughs) Thank you, Dad. I'm so great. No, they're like, and you're a pastor. (laughs) It's probably more the thought that goes through their head. And I will say, the more intentional I am with abiding and connecting, the more I can see these things working their way out in my life. So some of you will hear this list and be like, okay, I'm going to love more, I'm going to have joy, I'm going to have peace, I'm going to have patience, I'm going to have kindness, I'm going to goodness, and you're going to, you're going to white knuckle it. <laughs> you're going to leave here and be like, I'm going to do it. No. So what does your fruit say about you? And the next question after that is, are you okay with it? Are you going, yep, yep, I'm good. Because really, God can't work in you or through you if you're not aware of what needs to happen. If you won't change... In the fruit that you're producing, you have to learn to abide in the Father. Back to John 15, 5. It says, whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And let me tell you, this is the hardest lesson I've had to learn in ministry. And not a lesson that I have learned perfectly. Because... My natural instinct is to have a task and run after that task and do the task and and do a good job doing that task. That's what I do. Like if there's something going on, I replaced a fan in our house yesterday, um, which is great. Son's been complaining about this noise it's been making forever. Replaced a fan yesterday. I (laughs) didn't really look at the instructions. This time it panned out all right. I didn't have to take it apart, which I've done before as I've put something half together and had to take it apart. But I do ministry kind of the same way at times is I'll be like, okay, you know, I've been in this for 20 years and I kind of know what to do and what to say and, you know, the things that we should be doing. And I just run off. And I think I used this in a sermon illustration not too long ago that, you know, I don't know how you feel about kids with leashes, you know, the backpack cute ones that have bears and stuff on them. Um, (laughs) No judgment. We never put a leash on our kid. Okay. Uh, but if you did, I'd, I get it. I get it. That's me. I'm the leash kid to God because I will run as hard press as I can. God, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to do this. And, I, and I'll, I'll leave that presence to go do the thing that he wanted me to do. Instead of just going, God, I, he he wants to do it with us. I mean, the reality is, even when I was running ahead of him, he was still in me. But he's like, hey, hey, we're, 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 we're going this way. That's the abiding. We abide the easiest way. And there's so many things here. This is a deep well that I'm not, don't have the time for. But um, the simplest way of this is spending time with the Father, uh, learning to abide. You cannot abide in what you don't know. You you can't, and if you just hear me one hour a week or you listen to a couple other preachers during the week, you will never get what you need. 
You got to be in the word because the word's going to instruct you. It will convict you. It will it will be the thing that says, oh, this is what I need in my life right now. You got to spend time with the father and you got to talk to him. How many of your marital relationships would be any good if you decided um, we're just not going to talk? You ever tried that? You think this will make it better? <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, and it's the same thing with the father. We just have to learn to have a conversation. Got a letter from somebody uh, yesterday. Well, I got it Friday, read it yesterday. Um, and he was required to pray 30 minutes a day. And he, he said in the letter that he said, you know, when they first made this and he, they had to do the 30 minutes that he would pray for a few minutes and just stare at the window and think, oh, what am I going to do? He's like, but, you know, I kept doing it. And he said, now they have to stop me. Like the 30 minute ends and it's connecting. And that's why I want to say to you that it feels difficult. And maybe prayer is new to you. Maybe getting in the word is new to you. In all new things, if I put you on a bike that you've never ridden before and just push you down the road, you're going to fall over. Just get back up and get back on the bike. If this is new, just start talking to God, having a conversation with God, and just ask God. Like, I don't give my kids everything they ask for, but they're, they're okay with asking me for everything. Just ask. And he'll go, okay, I, you need that, I'm going to give you that. And some things he'll be like, nope, you don't need that right now, and I'm not going to necessarily tell you why, because you wouldn't like it even if I gave you a reason. But we spend time with the Father and the Word. And so if last week was bad or you weren't here last week, I just encourage you, and this is what we talked about last week, is to pick a Bible reading plan. Be intentional. Whether it's the one-year Bible, which a lot of us are doing, whether it's just going, I'm going to start in one of the God. I'm going to start in Matthew and start reading a chapter a day. Or I'm going to start in John. Or I'm going to just pick Something I've learned that the more non-plan that I have, I don't do anything. Like if I go, I'm going to wake up and read the Bible. That's my plan. I wake up and I'll spend half the time go, where should I read today? No, no, no. I don't like that. <laughs> no, no. I need no. Just be intentional of being in the Word, connecting because out of that connection, we'll learn to know the Father. We'll learn to hear His voice, and out of that. We'll obey. <clears throat> Today we're taking communion, uh, which I do have um, communion cups that have gluten-free. So if you need a gluten-free cup, if you'll raise your hand. Okay, I got them. I, I thought they were up front with me. I like getting in the... Steve was guarding them. I thought today, and this was on our calendar, uh, communion today. But I love when God does fun stuff. <clears throat> See, communion, uh, Jesus, on the night uh, before he was going to be betrayed, he took bread with his disciples and he broke it. 
He told them, this is my body that was broken for you. They took it. We're going to take it in a minute. You don't have to take it right now. I'm just explaining. And then he said, he took wine, he passed it around. He said, this is my blood that was shed for you. The blood of the new covenant, which is where our forgiveness of sin comes from. If we desire to bear fruit, we have to be a tree that can bear fruit. And our access to being the tree that can bear fruit is in this symbol. You want to bear fruit, you want the Holy Spirit to work in your life. This is the reminder that it is not you. As hard as you may work and the things that you may perfect, you will never get what God designed and desire from you on your own. This is where you spend a minute or two and reflect and and potentially go, God, I have royally messed things up. I, I am not producing fruit because I don't want it. And maybe today is just the open acknowledgement that God, in spite of where I've been, I want it. I want fruit. I want to hear your voice. I want to see your face. I want to feel your presence. And it comes here. This is, this is the reminder that you couldn't do what you needed to do to make yourself right with God, but that Jesus, knowing all those things, at the perfect moment, God sent his son into the world to make a way for us. Another great thing about communion is it, it's what makes us family. See, some of you are, are new to reach, and maybe this is your first Sunday. Some of you have been here for a while, and it, the glue that sticks us together is not our background, not our race, not where we grew up, not how much money we have in the bank. The glue that binds us together is the sacrifice of a king. Because we, uh, if we are allegiant to him, we are family. We're disciples together trying to do what God has called us to do together. It's where the grace comes from. I'm going to invite our worship team back up. And what I encourage you to do, we're um, going to have a song. um, And I encourage you not to rush this. You got at least three minutes. Maybe more. I don't know how long the song is. Maybe four minutes. don't know how long songs are. But take a minute. You can stay in your seat. You can stand up. You can get on your knees. And just be honest with God. The beauty about being honest with God is not that it's as shocking. Like if if one of my kids told me something they did that I didn't know about, I'd be like, oh my gosh. God's sitting in heaven fully aware of you, just waiting for you to go, God, I need you. So wherever you find yourself this morning, even if it's, I don't know God, I haven't trusted in Jesus for his sacrifice, but I want to, I'm done fighting myself. I'm done trying to make myself better. I want to submit and surrender to the king. One woman with the issue of blood in the Bible risked everything to just touch the fringe of his garment. Just to touch his garment. And he stopped what he was doing and called her daughter. 
12 years, she had had no relationship with people in the Jewish community because she was unclean and unpure. And he welcomed her into his family because of her faith. Maybe today is just the day that you reach out for that one little measure of faith and go, God, I have not been able to do it myself, but I need you. And so like, as we go into worship, I just encourage you to sit and pray for a second. And when you're ready, acknowledge that he willingly allowed his body to be broken for you. And then acknowledge that the blood that was required for the forgiveness of sins, sin once and for all, was given willingly by God the Father through God the Son, who went to the cross for you, not for the church. He did it for you. So wherever you find yourself today, connect with a God that wants those things from you, not because that's what he want, you should be, because this is your best life. Living in the fruit of the Spirit will be the best life that you can have here on this side of eternity. So, dear Heavenly Father, as we close out this service, as we go into our last song, as we individually take communion, Lord, I pray that you would, you would pour yourself out in this room. Lord, those that are interested and those that are willing and those that desire, those that are broken, those that are willing to acknowledge their brokenness. Lord, I pray for transformation today. I pray for an outpouring of your spirit into our life. But Lord, more than anything, Lord, I pray that you would show us how to abide Lord, open up your word to us. Lord, let us understand what prayer looks like as we just talk to you. A good father who loves his children and has purpose for them. Lord, thank you for your grace and your mercy. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, be sure to visit us online at reachcommunitychurch.com.